so I'd be kind of neat to have somebody in the back playing a trumpet just at that time. Maybe you looking around. But so we know there's the trumpet of God and the, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Verse 17, Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. There's two ways we'll be going to heaven. One is the Lord comes and rapture the Lord. The other way is if we die. If we die, the Bible talks about being escorted into heaven, God's presence. And I spoke on that quite a bit before. But I think either way, I think I don't know if I'd rather be, because I don't want to go through death. And I think the old country song, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. But um, the dying part probably doesn't scare us as much as the suffering, probably, and uh, that. But um, one thing about dying here on earth will be escorted. That'd be pretty neat, wouldn't it? Verse 18 says, Therefore, comfort one another with these words. I'm going to read a few more verses here. Another 11 verses in chapter 5. It says, Now to the times in the epoch, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you. For you yourself know full well the day of the Lord will come, just like a thief in the night. While they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them. Suddenly, like the labor pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day would overtake you like a thief. For you are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of night nor of darkness. So we have that hope as believers. We're in the light. God is the light. So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. For those who sleep do do their sleeping at night, and those who get drunk get drunk at night. But since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and the love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we shall live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as you are doing. Notice that both passages talks about comforting, encouraging one another, because we have that sure hope. This, this world isn't, isn't it, right? Um, life is temporary. You know, if, if, you're not, if you're an unbeliever here, you better be thinking about eternity. Where are you, planning, where are you going to spend it? Where are you going to be spending it? Our time here is limited. Decisions, or lack of decisions, will also decide your future, but not deciding. Think of those two thieves on the cross. You know, I often mention those, and the scripture talks about it in Luke, that there's a thief on each side of Jesus. And one was mocking Jesus, said, save yourself and save us. He was just thinking about himself. And the other thief said, you know, don't you acknowledge that he was a sinner? He said, this man is, is sinless. He goes, don't you even recognize that he's, he's the son of God? He goes, we deserve what we are getting. This man is innocent. He acknowledged that. And, and he, <clears throat> he made, made that one, one request to the Lord. He said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, well, it's kind of late now. It's too late now. Um, you haven't been baptized. You haven't been to a Bible study. You haven't gone to church. You haven't even sung a hymn. 
you can't go to heaven. No, the guy didn't say that, did he? He said, <clears throat> he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. And um, Jesus Christ went down and cleared out paradise, and he's with the, seeing at the right hand side of, of the Father right now. And the Bible says that he, we're identified with Christ in his burial, his death, burial, and resurrection. We're Christians, identified with Christ. And um, as we die, the Bible says, like Paul says, absent the body is to be present with the Lord. Um, like you're on earth, we should have pain and suffering makes us yearn for heaven. Because things aren't perfect here. We still grieve at the loss of loved ones because we're not home yet. Sometimes the pain can seem um, or be unbearable. Um, the Bible talks about that the pain that we go through when we lose loved ones. We see how David suffered when he lost his child. He, he was, he was um, you, you know, going through a lot of grief, and it gives accounts in the Psalms about that. But day by day, moment by moment, we need to trust God. Here's a song here by um, uh, Craig Morgan. Craig Morgan is one of my favorite singers. He sings that song, International Harvester. I think everybody's heard that song, or Almost Home, among other songs. But he lost his son um, unexpectedly um, a while back, and, and he sings this song. You can feel the pain in his voice. This is, I think he's singing this song like three or four months after after, after the loss, but listen to the words as he sings. And you can see, listen also to the hope that he has at the end of the, at the, end of the song. And he talks about, um, someday I'll wake up and see the Father, my Son, and the Holy Ghost. And I say this is the first time he's, he's performed after, after his son died. And in those words, you can hear his questions and his, and his um, struggles and his pain. He talks about how God helps him through it. So we'll play that song now. That's a pretty powerful song, eh? You know, heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. And um, I'm going to show you this, another short video, where Greg Laurie talks about the strength and hope we as believers have. And this is important for our losses and comfort for others, as we comfort others. And he's speaking on the death of Colby Bryant. And Kobe Bryant, of course, is a basketball player for the Lakers who played uh, for many years and won many championships there. And uh, he made the news when his helicopter crashed unexpectedly, of course, in and, and, um, California with his daughter and several others who were aboard the plane, and they all perished. Hey, everybody. Greg Laurie here with a few thoughts about basketball legend Kobe Bryant. It certainly has been a shocking event for so many people in our culture today. I would compare it to an earlier generation seeing President Kennedy assassinated or later Princess Di dying in her car crash. It just impacted people. And I think for many people today, it's, it's hit them in that way. He's such a vibrant figure, a well-known figure, even if you're not a, a Lakers fan you're aware of Kobe Bryant and his great accomplishments and all that he's done and all of his success. And uh, he had retired 41 years old, starting into a new phase of life. You know, I would see him around town. Uh, one time I saw him at 31 Flavors with his kids, another time walking through the mall. And uh, 
the place he went to before that horrible helicopter crash that morning was church. He went to church with his daughter. And then he boarded that helicopter and he was taken from us. And when an event like this happens, you know, we wonder why, why would God allow something like that? And, and why would all the folks on that helicopter uh, pass into eternity and then so many others would wake up to a new morning? Well, we don't know the answer uh, to that question. But I think there's three things we can think about in the light of Kobe Bryant's passing. Number one, life is precious. Don't take it for granted. I have an Apple Watch here, and, and there's a feature on it that says breathe. You know, it's funny thing. Sometimes it says that when I'm working out, breathe. Well, I am breathing, aren't I? But it's a good reminder. Breathe. Uh, enjoy the moment. Uh, every beat of your heart is a gift from God. Every breath that we draw in our lungs is also a gift from God. You know, the Bible says, uh, teach me to number my days that I may apply my heart to wisdom. I think what's being said there is, you know, help me to live in light of eternity, uh, to not take this day for granted, to not take my health for granted, to not take my family for granted. I'm sure that Kobe would have given everything he had for another day with this family. He wasn't given that choice, but value your family, value your life, breathe. Number two, don't ask why, ask who. The first thing we want to say at a time like this or ask is, why? Why did this happen? I don't think there's any easy answers to those why questions. I know that I asked it uh, 11 years ago when our son Christopher died in an automobile accident. It was a lot of whys to God. You know, frankly, I think if God even answered that why question, we wouldn't be satisfied with the answer anyway. So we shouldn't spend too much time wondering why. Besides, we live on promises, not explanations. One day we'll have the answer. So instead of asking why, we should say who. As in, who shall I turn to? The answer is you turn to God. You know, sometimes people say, well, Christianity is a crutch for weak people. Oh, I beg to differ. It's not a crutch. It's a whole hospital. And I'll tell you what, after the Lord called my son home, I needed intensive care. I needed every bit of help God could give me. And I'm not embarrassed to admit I needed God. And I'm not ashamed to say I need God. But guess what? You do too. So turn to the Lord. The Bible says he's the God of all comfort. And we want to remember to pray for Kobe's family, his wife, Vanessa, his children. We want to pray for the other members of the families uh, of the folks that died in that tragic helicopter crash one last point we must prepare that's point number three prepare be prepared for eternity listen death is no respecter of persons it doesn't matter if you're famous infamous or unknown doesn't matter if you're rich or poor doesn't matter if you're young or old a man or a woman death knocks at every door so we want to be prepared for eternity Because after this life comes the afterlife, and we determine where we will spend eternity by what we do with Jesus Christ. I heard a story of a man who was walking through a graveyard, and he came across a tombstone, and on it were inscribed these words, Pause now, stranger, as you pass by, as you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you shall be, so prepare for death and follow me. The man was overheard to say, To follow you is not my intent, until I know which way you went. So heaven, it's a prepared place for prepared people. Are you prepared? I hope so. Because none of us know when that day will come. So get right with God now. You say, well, how do I do that? 
just simple just praying a prayer and you say Lord Jesus I know I'm a sinner and I know you're the Savior and you died on the cross for me and I turn from my sin and I ask you to come into my life and I choose to follow you from this moment forward if you'll pray a prayer like that God will hear it and answer it I hope you will if you want to know more Go to knowgod.org. Again, knowgod.org. God bless you. I know, I'm not sure how many people follow Greg Laurie, but he's, you can see him on TV and on YouTube. He's got quite a ministry. Um, he's, you know, he packs football stadiums out on Western Coast and all over, and he has very good, very good messages. And uh, like he talked about, you know, death is, is an respecter of persons. We all, we're all going to die. And hopefully what you heard today and in the past and every Sunday and what you get from reading God's Word, that you can rely on this when uh, death comes because in the past maybe it helps you comfort you now or in the future because we're all going to face a death of loved ones, unfortunately, unless the Lord comes first. And then um, we sing that song, What a Day That Will Be. Jesus, we will see. And uh, I don't usually play the videos and songs like that during my message too much, but I'm going to play one more song. <laughs> and that's a song I, I can only imagine. And um, he asked that question most of us ask. You know, what, what's heaven going to be like? Well, we don't know a lot of things we don't know, but we do know that someday, unless the Lord comes first, and the rapture, the rapture takes us up. That we'll be escorting to the presence of God and we'll be with the Lord. We'll be with the Lord. And the last breath we take here on earth will be the next breath we take in the presence of our Savior. And um, <clears throat> we'll know Jesus by the nail prints in His hands and, and the hole in the side, knowing that they are placed there for us. So <clears throat> I want to end, you know, might be a little bit negative, in some ways, this, this message, but hopefully you have hope. As believers, we have hope in Christ. And like you said, if you're not a believer, make sure you accept Christ before you leave here today because we don't know what tomorrow holds. <clears throat> like I mentioned at the funeral, I did for Tom, nobody would have thought two weeks ago that they would all have been gathered around um, and Tom would have been passed into eternity. And we don't know about, about tomorrow. We don't know about tomorrow, but we know who holds it, right? And that's God. So we'll play one more song. In, in Titus 2:11 says, "For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires, to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age." looking for the blessed hope in the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. And this is this will be encouraged with this message and, and, um, and what you heard today in song and in the word that God is powerful and God 
heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. You can only imagine what heaven's like. We know it's God's there, and um, it's going to be great. But um, the Bible gives us little glimpses. Uh, if you want to go, Greg Laurie is a great resource to go to, and he talks about it in more detail. But we see our time is already up, so does anybody have any questions? I thought they can answer questions. I thought if anybody has any comments about, like, talking to, um, comforting people who have lost loved ones. Anybody have any suggestions? And maybe verses that might have helped them as they talk to people. And a lot of times just sharing, you know. The people want to know what can you do when somebody loses a loved one. Uh, it's just a lot of times just being there. Like at Tom's funeral there, there's quite a few people sharing. And at my uncle's funeral yesterday, um, a lot of people were sharing memories. And those memories are good, aren't they? They help encourage and, and help us remember the good times of loved ones that have gone. But the good times are only beginning. When we get to heaven, there'll be a lot more good times. Great times, you might say. Let's close this part in word of prayer. Dear Father in heaven, we're just thankful for your grace and your love. And Lord, as we um, take communion in a few minutes, Lord, we just are reminded once again why you came to earth. You came down into our neighborhood to visit us and to talk to us and show us the way. And of course, be the penalty, to pay the penalty at, at Calvary for us. Pay it in full. You're the Lamb of God. And we're thankful for that, Lord, that we have this hope. Even though we might have some good times here on earth, but we know we're not home yet. We have eternity to look forward to. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we take communion, I'd like to read from 1 Corinthians as Paul writes to the church. It says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given things, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The same way he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is a testimony to the whole world. We have baptism coming up. If anybody has not been baptized, um, I encourage you to talk to the pastor about being baptized. And uh, it's a chance. It's one of the commands the Lord has asked us to do, to follow him in baptism. And it's a picture of, of us dying, going under water, being buried, and rising up as new creatures in Christ, in the hope that we have. And, um, you know, in a lot of countries, Muslim countries and other countries like that, People who might profess faith, their families might be upset with them, of course. But if they get baptized, they know they're taking a step, an extra step to prove to show their faith. And then they're in trouble in a lot of those foreign countries. But if for us, it's, we're showing the world that you're, you're dead to sin, you're alive to Christ. And that's a baptism that we can um, partake in. And if, um, so make sure you talk to the pastor. Okay, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing, 
he is to eat the bread and drink of the cup. So it's an eternal reminder of Jesus, of his sacrifice and his love. It says, do this in remembrance of me. As we partake, we proclaim to the world that we believe. And this, we're looking back at what Christ did for us on Calvary, what he's doing for us daily in our lives, in the future that we have in Christ. And um, as I pass out the communion, um, there's, a, there's two cups, there's a bread and there's a juice there. The wine that represents the blood of Christ. Just hold them and we'll take them together in a few minutes after we listen to this final song.